What's up? Coming at you again, guys, with another episode of Five Minutes Alone with Pastor Andrew. Of course, I'm Pastor Andrew from Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas, 310 West Pipeline Road. We have been in revival since 2016, and when I say that, I'm not exaggerating. <clears throat> Having been somebody myself who prayed for revival every Monday at 6 a.m. for about 10 years straight, when it came, I knew it was happening. It was what I'd asked for. It's what I believed for. Times of refreshing came from the presence of the Lord. Christianity no longer seemed like a, a chore or a task. It became a, a revelation of grace and my relationship with God as me being a son and him being the father came alive. So we're in revival. If that sounds like something you need, you should come visit my church. Like I said, 310 West Pipeline Road, Hearst, Texas, Sundays at 3 o'clock in the afternoon most of the time. Sometimes that changes, but all that is to say, follow us on social media and you get a pretty good idea about when our meetings take place. I'm going to pray. Holy Ghost, fill this time, this, this meeting with you, because that's what this is. Fill this episode with your presence and your glory, God. Get all the glory, get all the honor, get all the praise. Lord, you deserve it, not me. I have nothing to gain. No notoriety or popularity makes any difference to me, Lord. At the end of the day, I want you to get the glory and the honor. Use me as a vessel, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you about being free. Because I think that's the most important thing you can be. If you're not free, you're bound. If you're bound up, you have lost your potential. You, you will lose your creativity when you are not free. Now, the most ultimate, I'm talking in a negative sense, the, the worst way you can lack freedom is to be lost. And so anything I say that has to do with celebrating the freedom that you have in Christ... You, of course, can't have that freedom in Christ unless you have believed on the work of Jesus on the cross, that you've repented of your sins, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and that you have evidence of that belief in the fact that you are born again. Because it is Jesus that makes you free. You might think, I don't want to be into that religion stuff because, you know, all that bondage and religion. And I'm with you. If that's what it was, I wouldn't want that either. You know, do this, don't do that, stand up, sit down, pray like this, don't wear your hat in the building, don't wear shorts on Sunday in the sanctuary. If it's all that, yeah, you, you'll do better without it. But Christianity is not about the religion. Christianity is about the relationship that you have with the triune God on every level. It's, it's really the gospel of the Father that he gave his son, Jesus, John 3.16, and that if you believe in that, you can have everlasting life, everlasting fellowship with the Father. And you, you have that relationship with Jesus and the Father by the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit continues to give you revelation and continues to work in you and show you things and teach you things and give you wisdom and show you the way and remind you mm, how good the Father is. And, and, the, and the Holy Ghost will remind you how good Jesus is. And I'm telling you, you know, that's freedom. That has nothing to do with keeping rules. 
Now, for me, my Christianity, my relationship with God that happened on March 17th, 2005 in the afternoon on a, you know, well, it was the 17th. That's a lie. That's my clean day. And that has a lot to do with what I'm going to say today. And that's why I probably made the mistake. Um, my, my born again date is, let's see, that was Thursday, the 17th, 18, 19, 20th on a Sunday of March. Um, my whole life changed in that period of time, like nothing else because well, for one, I stopped doing drugs. I wasn't delivered, but I did stop at, at first. Then I got born again and delivered, which made the whole sobriety thing possible in, in a long-term sense. But it was not doing drugs for a few days, you know, getting... When I went to rehab, let me tell you, I mean, I was, uh, I think at the time I remember counting nine intoxicating substances were in my system. Um, and that was a myriad of pills that I had taken, um, cocaine, methamphetamine, marijuana, you know, alcohol, whatever. I mean, the list goes on. And that was normal for me at that point in my life. Um, you know, I don't want to glorify the addiction, but let me, let me be honest with you. Like I was the kind of user that doesn't, there's not much hope for. I mean, I, I lived in, in a very dark place and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I freaking loved being high. I'm not even say just, I mean, it was the getting high and the finding ways and means to get more drugs and get high and the process and all, but I just loved life when I was high. And when I wasn't high, I hated life. And that was such an amazing, you know, for me, it was like such, it was what I thought I needed. And the first time I got high, I thought, wow, like life is bearable. Life is tolerable. Like I, I feel good. And every time I would go up another level of use, start doing a different drug, a stronger drug, you know, LSD and cocaine and methamphetamine, I mean, phew, let me tell you, that meth, it's like nothing. I mean, if you've never done it, don't, first of all, ever do it. Um, but if you haven't done it, you really can't know. You really just can't know what it does. I mean, it literally makes you feel empowered. It makes you feel 100 feet tall. It makes you feel bulletproof. It makes you think that you are the coolest person on the planet, that everybody likes you, and... That's none of that's true, by the way, which is what's so deceptive about this particular drug. But what it does is it increases the dopamine in your body, which is the chemical, the natural chemical that your body produces for that sort of an overall sense of well-being and pleasure and and you know energy and you know charisma. And so being on that stuff just led me astray to think that life was better. But I wasn't stupid though. I was, well, I mean, I was stupid, but I knew, I knew I was on a slippery slope, you know, and it wasn't long before I realized that that, that thing had a control over me that I didn't have over me. I wasn't in charge. I didn't have control of it. It was in control of me. Um, my life was, was driven by that stuff. And really it was a, it was a combination of the, 
of the meth and the the pain pills, you know, and I'm being honest, you know, I have everything to risk in a, in a, in a worldly sense, you know, any one of my employers could, could hear what I'm saying and think, why would we have hired this guy with such a, a checkered past with, you know, with a dark past with, with addiction in his history? Well, the only reason that I could stand here today and be completely forthcoming and transparent about it is because I have been made free by Jesus. In a couple months, I will have 16 years clean. 16 years since I smoked weed. 16 years since I got drunk. And the thing is, you know, people change. Sometimes. But people change when God changes them. And God changed me. Um, changed my desires. Changed my heart. You know? But I ain't gonna lie to you. Even with 16 years, clean and sober, I remember what it felt like to be high. And I remember loving that feeling. And I ain't stupid today to be dumb enough to mess with that junk. Just don't mess with it. Don't even go there. I don't drink a cold beer with the meal. I never drank a beer with a meal. I always drank 12 beers. And then some of this guy's and a little bit of that guy's. And then we went and got cocaine. And then we smoked weed all night. That's how I drank. So I'm not stupid today. So you trying to tell us that we can't drink and be Christians? You can do whatever you want to do as a Christian. Now I'll tell you this, if you're getting drunk, you're sinning. So take that into account. Um, but you've got freedom. If you're free to drink a beer and you don't, have the, you don't feel the need to get drunk every time you drink, then drink the cold beer. I don't care. But don't impose that on me. Because you're going to have a problem if you offer me a cold beer. I just ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. Because you know what? I think of the darkness in my past. I think of the suicide and the depression and the pain and the agony and the, and the loneliness and the despair and the just, just completely terrorizing moments of having to deal with substance abuse and addiction. And people want to be like, why are you so uptight about the alcohol, man? You know? Well, I'm uptight about the alcohol because it dang near destroyed my life and it wasn't just the alcohol it was that the alcohol was always connected to the drugs so when someone in my life might suggest like hey i i want to drink a glass of wine around you i'm like sure go for it but i'm not gonna lie to you it makes me very uncomfortable it makes me very uneasy it makes me anxious it makes me nervous why because you're talking about a substance that dang near killed me and i take it very seriously you know, the scripture talks about the weaker brother. That would be me, okay? You know, I'm not going to judge you if what you want to eat, what you want to drink. Go for it. Do it. Fine. But at the same time, we have to think sometimes that our freedom in Christ can lead others to stumble. And that that's not something to take lightly. So I don't hang around people that drink. And if I do end up somewhere around somebody that's drinking... I'm, I don't like it. I, I, I don't think I ever will. And, I, and I'm not sorry about it. And I'm not sorry that I'm not sorry. <laughs> That's just the truth. Because when I say that Christ made me free, he also put a, a steadfast, fiery, zealous spirit in me to contend earnestly for my sobriety, for my freedom. 
And if it, when something comes on me and somebody tries to control me in any kind of way, I no, 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 I don't play like that. I'm like, no, no, no. If you're jeopardizing my freedom, we're going to fight. I mean, you know, not physically, but there's a spiritual war there because nobody would want a person to come back under the bondage of a substance or a behavior or a lifestyle that they've adamantly proclaimed to have been set free from. You know, I'm reminded of a verse, John 8:36. It's beautiful. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And I stand here today as a testimony that Christ has made me free. And I'm going to hold fast to that freedom. I'm going to stand fast to it. You know, I don't, you know, not drink the beer because it makes me holy. Because I've been made holy and I've been set free, I don't need the beer. You see what I'm saying? Um, and again, you want to drink the cold beer? Go for it. But do you want to know the truth? If you drank it around me, it would make me uncomfortable. Not judging you, but I don't like it. I don't like it because I know what alcohol can do. I know what its potential is. And I know that firsthand. So I don't mess with it. And to be honest with you, I don't really fellowship and associate with people that do. And the thing to me is I'm like, hey, you know what? You want to drink the cold beer? Fine. You've got every single day, every single moment of your life that I'm not there around you to do it. It would be considerate, I think, to take that time in the few sparse moments that you we have together that you could just not drink the beer that day for my sake. But if you did, I won't judge you. I'll still love you, but I ain't gonna like it. And you can't make me like it. And I'm not sorry that I don't like it. And I'm not sorry that I'm not sorry. Now, again, I'm not trying to impose religion here. I'm trying to tell you I've been set free. I'm trying to tell you that when I get in a situation that reminds me of old behavior, old thinking, old lifestyle, something in me gets, I start flipping tables and I start elbowing my way out of that situation. And that's just what I do. That's what I have had to do for 16 years. You know, I still have dreams to this day. Like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, and I'll be so grateful that when I wake up, I know it was a dream. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because I'll, I'll be using drugs, and it's just like I'm right back there in it. You know, and the enemy's trying to come against me in my dreams. He's trying to afflict my mind, my will, and my emotions. And it's like the feelings are so real. The, I mean, I've, I can't even tell you how many times I've, I'll wake up four in the morning and I'm, I'm sighing a gasp of breath out. Like I, I wake up like this. And I'm blowing out the hit of meth that I was smoking in the dream. I mean, I'm telling you. For all, I mean, it, the truth is, <laughs> I shouldn't be where I am today. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Set free, delivered, whole, holy, happy, healthy, blessed. Not only did the Lord give me my mind back, he, he restored my ability to, you know, grow in intelligence and to continue to study, you know. Like right now, I'm working on a third master's degree. And really, honestly, just kind of because it's a free benefit through one of my jobs and it's fun. Like, that's what I like to do now. That's not who I was. I didn't read a book in its entirety till I got born again when I was 25. 
I read a book from cover to cover for the first time. That's who I was. It wasn't that I didn't know how to read. I just had no interest in reading. Uh, you know, I, I didn't care. It took me nine years to get my associate's degree. You know, I came out of, <laughs> you know, nine years. And my GPA was like less than 2.5 or something. Just barely. You know, I just barely graduated high school. I was, they told me, you know, if you don't pass every class, you're repeating your senior year. So whatever, I think, you know, you have to have 2.0 to graduate, like a 1.99. And it was just by the skin of my teeth. You know, I, I mean, so I'm just trying to say, like, you know, where I am today, I shouldn't be. If it were not for Jesus, I wouldn't be, you know? Like, I'm the guy who, I mean, I used to put cigarettes out on myself. I, I, I hated myself. I was an emotional wreck. It was either like soaring high in mania, like, I mean, just burning, blowing, and going for days, not sleeping, high on meth and coke, or I was just crashed down at the bottom of the barrel, sleeping 12, 14, 18 hours a day, waking up when it was dark to go drink and party more, going to sleep when the sun was coming up, and then sleeping all day and getting up and doing it all over again. And, you know, that was normal, you know? I mean, my, I lost my job over my addiction. I ended up living in a vacant house over my addiction because somehow that made the most sense to me to go, you know, live in a vacant house that my family owned on some isolated property. And I would just use and sleep, do that. <laughs> I mean, God has made me free. God has set me free. He has made me whole and alive. And I give all the credit and all the glory and all the honor to Jesus. And I'm so thankful that I'm who I am today. You know, people always say, you know, you have regrets for the past. I mean, the truth is, I mean, I regret, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but at the same time, those experiences moved me and, and drove me and pushed me forward to the cross. Like, I don't know how I survived. I mean, I, on the, the car accidents I've been in. I mean, like, you know, being in a car and going 100 miles an hour and spinning out on the highway, wasted, leaving the strip club, you know, totally hammered driving on blown out tires, you know, getting pulled over by the EMTs and arguing with them and running away from them, you know, them saying, hey, the cops are coming, you better get out of here. I mean, drove one night I drove my car, my truck, like right into somebody's house, like their yard. I mean, if there hadn't been a tree there to stop me, I mean, I've been popping pills and drinking all day. I'll never forget. I mean, it's like I still remember. I shouldn't even remember that, to be honest with you. Ended up in jail. I remember standing in there in jail just the whole time thinking, like, let me out of here. I had a 12-pack of beer in my truck. Went and picked up my truck from the impound. Like, the wheels were folded in because I bent the axle when I wrecked my truck. High, drunk, and on pills. And I drove the truck squealing the tires all the way from the impound in the north side of Fort Worth to West Fort Worth to my to my house 
with a busted open 12 pack of beer on the floorboard from the accident the night before. And I just drove all the way, just squealing those tires, thinking when I get home, I'm gonna put these beers in the fridge, I'm gonna chill them, cool them down, I'm gonna drink them. And that's what I did. That, it was like I couldn't learn a lesson. It was, I was a fool. And I just don't know how I lived. You know, I put a gun to my head frequently, if not daily, you know, sometimes in, in serious contemplation, sometimes in just being crazy and thinking like all it takes is moving this trigger half an inch and ending it all. It's that simple. But you know what? Dang it. I couldn't shake the fact that I knew hell was real. And I knew that if hell was real, I deserved to go there. That was where I deserved to be. So I stand here today and I just, I just want to say, man, I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. God has done so much in my life. You know, the mental illness. You know, I used to do so much, so many drugs uh, that I remember suffering these seizures. You know, some mild, some some severe, like for days, for days after you know mixing MDMA, ecstasy, and, and mixing that stuff with Xanax and Valium in lethal doses, you know, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and my head sounded like it was inside of a gong, like some giant bell just being rang, like bong, bong, and the whole room was shaking and I laid there paralyzed, couldn't move. I was having seizures, you know, and I continued to have these mild seizures like every five and 10 minutes for some days after that. I mean, my brain was just like mush. I mean, the, the damage, the hundreds of tabs of ecstasy that I took, I mean, it should have killed me, but it burned holes in my brain. I mean, literally it fried those synapses in my brain that are supposed to receive serotonin so I can feel happy, you know? So for me to stand here today and say that I've got joy, like that in itself is, is a miracle because my brain, I've damaged it with drugs that are supposed to make you feel happy until they damage the part of your brain that interprets happiness and joy and well-being. You know, I damaged it to the point where the drugs didn't make me feel good and life sober didn't make me feel good. I was in absolute total misery. But I've got joy today. I'm happy today. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got two awesome kids. And those three people, will they, they've never seen me like that. They'll never see me like that by God. They're not going to know that man that I once was. And I'm not ashamed of, of, of that past. You don't want to know why? Because Christ took my shame. He delivered me of addiction. He delivered me of suicidal thoughts and depression and bipolar, you know, disorders and all kinds of junk. They had me taking medications saying you need to take these antidepressants and these SSRI inhibitors and all this stuff. Got to go to this therapy. You know, and I did all that stuff. And then in the midst of it, began to realize that Christ has made me free. And I was like, I'm not taking these pills anymore. I'm not going to these therapy sessions. I'm not going to these meetings. You know, and if you're hearing this and you're struggling with addiction and you and you go to meetings, okay, fine. But you know what? Get born again and listen to the Holy Spirit. And if he tells you to say, sit there and listen, then sit there and listen. If he tells you to speak, speak. If he tells you to do the steps, do the steps. 
But keep listening because I guarantee you that the, the spiritual ceiling of the group is about here. The spiritual ceiling with the Holy Ghost is through the roof and into the heavens. There is no limit. And if you want to max out, go for it. Max out. But if you want to go further and farther and deeper and, and with Christ, Jesus is going to give you far more than a 12-step program ever will. The 12-step program was never designed to give you what Jesus can give you. It'll help you stay off dope for a while. But if you've ever been to those meetings, you'll know that that isn't even a 100% guarantee. How many? I mean, I remember the people that I, I looked up to in the 12-step programs, the ones that I thought were the real heroes, the ones that I would say, that guy right there, he's, he's a winner. He's working the steps. He's lost to the, as the devil, you know, but he's, he's, he's sober. He's got 12 years. I remember this one guy. You, you just one time he relapses, dies. And I think, wow, you didn't get your soul saved in the 12 steps, did you? It's not designed to do that. And so, you know, people say meeting makers make it in the program. You know, and there was a time I went three times a day. That's what I needed. But I'll tell you today, I mean, I haven't been to a meeting in five years, six years, ten years. I don't even know. Honestly, I think it's been ten years now. And you know what? I'm still free in Christ Jesus. And I'm going on 16 years clean and sober. And I think about it every day. You know, I remember where I came from. I, re I remember what, what God did for me that I couldn't do for myself. I remember what Jesus did. I remember him making me free. And the way that I stay in constant memory of that freedom is I remember the bondage. I remember the oppression. I remember the pain and the struggle and the terror and the fear and the hopelessness and the suicide and the and the violence and the murderous heart that I was bound to, the, the, the drive to just buy, sell, and use drugs and get more and, and you know, smoke meth and stay up and the, just the, all that junk. I remember the chains that bound me. Okay? So... All that is to say, don't forget where you came from. I'm not going to forget. I'm going to remember what Jesus did for me. You know, and if you're a Christian, you want to go drink a cold beer, go for it. But I ain't going to have a part in that. Because for me, it was a slippery slope. At the bottom of every beer bottle was a joint and a pill and a line every time. For me... I'm just going to walk the straight and narrow today. I'm going to throw off anything that tries to hold me, tries to bind me. Christ has made me free, and I'm going to continue to zealously contend for my freedom and yours. And the truth is, you know what? You're just, everyone, nobody's a better person drunk. It's just a fact. You might feel better. You might like yourself a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I've yet to ever be around a person that I liked more when they had a buzz. So I'm going to leave it on that. You know, praise God that he can make you free. Praise God that you don't need what you think you need sometimes. And Jesus paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be right with God and be set free. God bless you.